You're listening to Bizarre Buffet, a podcast of all-you-can-eat weird. I'm your host, Mark Toriello. I'm Jen Wilson. And I'm Mark Blusine. There'll be food and drink and ghosts. And perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. When we first went in, one of the people said, Who are you? And Tex said, I'm the devil, and I'm here to do the devil's business. Welcome to hey. another hour of I Wish You Were Dead, But I Can't Murder You Because I'd Be in Prison. Hi, my name is Mark. Hey, I'm Jen. Hey, I'm the other Mark. And you're listening to Bizarre Buffet. Happy Pride Day. It's Happy actually us. New York's Gay Pride Parade today. Oh, well, bonjour. Hello, New York. Hello, New York, New York, New York. New York, New York, New York, New York. But when this episode comes out, it'll... Be over. Be over. Be long gone. It'll be like it's uh, July 4th. July 4th. Or your birthday. My birthday. And then Mark and Miley Cyrus will be... This party in the yes, I... We can't stop. (laughs) We won't. Anyway. I hope it stops. Mark, you're very entertaining tonight. Thank you. You know, I'm in rare form sometimes. Sometimes you I get... You are in rare form. I'm a little yeah. grumpy tonight because of my ankle. Oh, I know. Poor Jen. She has her tiny Tim ankle on her. <laughs> I do. Oh, I know just, about that injury and little, it hurts. With a little crutch oh, no. going, God Look, bless us, everyone. <laughs> well, you're yes. a trooper. Yes, you are. You're committed to the art as always. I am, always. I love it. I love it. Well little update mm. um caught two more mice oh god jen has been having this this i mean listen and the oh. one that i saw yesterday i caught i saw it get caught in the trap and then it peed itself oh, it peed itself god. it shitted and farted <laughs> it did r.i.p r.i.p little mouse pp mousey well i wish jen that i could wipe your problems away with magic like Me the, too. Oh God, I wish. Or like, do some like Mary Poppins shit where <laughs> she just like snaps her fingers and the mice just <laughs> run out the house. Or they sing a jaunty tune and they make you stop. Okay. Well, normally when I snap my fingers, I'm going, yeah. Yes. With your one hand up in the air. Yes. Tilted. And I'll be the first person to be like, I don't follow gay culture. And then like two seconds later, I'm like, oh, yes, 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 RuPaul's Drag Race. Yes, fracking. We love. (laughs) Yes, RuPaul. RuPaul. Out of all of the things that RuPaul has done, you know what's most prominent to me? (laughs) Fracking. Fracking. (laughs) Well, that's like what's so funny. I know so many little kids who like love RuPaul and RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, yeah, we know. Yes. I want to sit there and be like, do you know he's an oil fracker? And they'd be like, what's that? Like, well, let me explain to you. RuPaul is ruining your planet. You're going to die early. (laughs) (laughs) And he's not going to have a goddamn withal to give a shit about you because he's already 90. Any hoodle, we like you, RuPaul. Keep fracking, girl. Keep on fracking on. Keep on... Keep on Sashay, frack away. <laughs> <laughs> say you, you stay. stay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish you would just embrace it, you know? Listen, he's he's a mogul. So, anyway. Um, magic, right? 
Yeah. So magic is kind of the theme of our episode today. And how enchanting. That was just that. It added to it. That just really added to that. That was like the first time the soundboard was an appropriate, one of the pre-programmed noises. Yeah. Yeah. Very appropriate. Totally. Hold on. Let everybody hear it again. Ready? Yeah. So magic. Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we get into our topic, so I just want to know what, you know, what our thoughts are. Like, number one, do you believe in magic? Mm. And number two, do you have like a favorite magic trick? So I don't enjoy magic because instead of sitting there and enjoying the illusion, I'm just sitting there like, how the fuck did they just do that? True. I could so, get like, that. Um, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child on Broadway. It was a two part play. It's coming back to Broadway when things start to reopen. But they had a lot of illusions happening on stage because Harry Potter is all about wizards and magic. So as much as I enjoyed this two part play, I wish I could have enjoyed it more, but I like was sitting there just trying to figure out how, what kind of witchery was how how they did it. Like there was just moments you're like, how the fuck did that happen yeah masters of illusion i mean do i believe in magic i definitely believe in like spirits yeah yeah but i don't know about like full-on i know it's like even as a kid like with magic shows i just wanted to know how the fuck did they get the bunny out of the hat where did they keep the bunny i know i get it when I, I was totally in Girl don't. Scouts, we had a magician come to like one of our Girl Scout functions and the bunny bit one of the Girl Scouts. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, Mark, what about you? That's hilarious. <laughs> um, so for me, I mean, listen, magic can fall into so many different things, right? So, I mean, I think it's magic how, um, you know, uh, pretzels are made. I think a lot of things are magic, but I think... <laughs> I feel ethereal magician. And so I think now for me personally, Ed and Lorraine Warren, all things come back to them. I feel like we need to pre-program our soundboard for every time we say Ed and Lorraine Warren to have like a line. But I think it's magic when people can like convince people of certain things. So like not in the truest sense of magic, but like, People who are willing to believe, which I guess is part of the illusion in like your typical magic tricks, right? Yeah. So I guess if that makes sense, I am um, impressed by charlatans, um, phony balonies. Well, um, I don't believe in magic. I want to, but I don't. And I always, sometimes like I'll see like a trick, like what's his name? David Blaine. David Blaine, the or one that like the guy who David, locked himself in the meat freezer, and the one that like put himself underwater in a bubble for like forty eight hours. Oh, that little pervert! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and the one that put himself in the iceberg. Oh my god! There's also Chris Angel. Chris Angel, oh. mind freak, mind freak. Yes. Oh, mind freak. Yeah. And then there's um. Love me some mind freaker. <laughs> there's the British illusionist Darren Brown. He does like a lot more like mind tricks. Okay. With like cards and. It's very, I don't know how he does it. 
But like the Chris Angel ones, I'm like, how the hell do you put yourself in a locked car and then like asphyxiate yourself or whatever? (laughs) Well, like every time I watch them, I'm just so baffled. I'm like, well, how did they do it? Because I know that it's not magic. There's a trick. There's an illusion. There's exactly what I was just saying. It's like. I want to believe in it. I want to enjoy it, but I spend my time trying yes. to analyze how it, how you do yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Like I can't even enjoy just a plain card trick. Yeah, no. I know. And I mean, listen, there's so many people like, you know, psychics on television, like Sylvia Brown, that mm-hmm. old leather purse. You know, <laughs> that was the other one, Penn and Teller. Penn and Teller. You know, they're psych. I mean, magicians come in so many different forms. You yeah. Know? One of my favorite tricks is, you know, it'll be like a guy or a girl, doesn't matter, and they'll have like a cane and they're like kind of sitting, you know, with their legs crisscrossed and they're like levitating up in the air and it, it just yeah. looks like they're like sitting and floating. But what it is is that the the cane is like kind of um, like a post and like the the ground they'll have like a little set oh it's like a blacked out yeah Yeah. so like they're just sitting on like a a bench yeah but it's disguised in such a way and it just it looks kind of weird it's like how the old mediums would do that shit where like they would have seances and like the 18 something or others Mm -hmm. you know and they would do a similar thing where the room would be blacked out there'd be like curtains and stuff and Right. Well, th- this is done outdoors, so they'll oh. they'll have like a carpet. That's what I meant to say. They'll have like a carpet with a cane, and then they're just like floating. Okay. And it's all attached. Oh uh, yeah. Here, I'll or what's show you. the other one? I'll show you a picture. When you put your assistant in the box and you saw oh. it. Oh. Oh my God. This man is wearing an orange rope. He's he's floating. You'll see a lot of street performers in Europe like that. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're talking about, like, magic and illusions, which happens to fall during our Pride Month focus. Yes. 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 Snap those fingers. Um, so for tonight's episode, we are covering the amazing James Randi and where he falls into this whole Pride jazz is he came out very late in life as gay, as a gay man, mm-hmm. um, in his 80s. And for him, it's it's kind of funny because he just did not really care yeah. to come out. He wasn't, like, ashamed or hiding it. He was His claim was that he was just too busy working and he was more concerned with his own personal life mission yeah. than, like, making, like, a... A gesture or statement which i which i think is fine you know not everything has to be a press release yeah and it's interesting that you pick him because like we were saying earlier like we can have our like your own podcast series Mm -hmm. about james randy yeah there's a lot of information yeah i mean this guy did so much in his life that literally you could have an entire podcast dedicated to like all of the things that he did as a magician, as a skeptic, as an illusionist, yeah. just as a person. Yeah. Um, so for this episode, I just want to kind of go over like his, uh, you know, highlights yeah. or, or my favorite things yeah. okay. that were really cool. And I think that are definitely like um, on trend with our brand as Bizarre Buffet. 
Oh, I love it. So, um, love you know, obviously, like, you know, James Randi, not necessarily like a household name. I don't think everyone like knows who he is or yeah. what he looks like. Here's a little background about him. He had a love for magic, but he also understood that, you know, con artists can use magic for personal game. Oh my god, yeah. And it and it, it transcends past just like the rabbit in a hat jazz. You know, I think yeah. he took it a step further and said like if you could be deceived by magic and magicians, you can also be deceived by people. Yeah. He should have debunked Richard Nixon in the Watergate scandal. Oh, I know. <laughs> His whole approach was, you know, we don't know everything, so let's find out through a scientific approach. Smart. Yeah, so he wasn't, like, necessarily a skeptic. He was just, okay, prove it to me through science and I'll believe you. Yeah. He's not saying it doesn't exist. Yeah, he wanted valid forms, you know. I would too. Yeah. Valid evidence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he, he had, like, a brain and logic. Well, Let's that's just... exactly what magic is. Yeah. <laughs> well, Man. there you go. Very. It's magic. So to just give it like a little bit of a biography, he was born in 1928 in August, and uh, James was a Canadian-American stage magician and scientific skeptic who challenged many claims from psychics, paranormal communities, pseudoscientific claims, and faith healers. I love a good faith healer. Oh, me too. R.I.P. Jim Jones. And growing and growing up, he was very smart. He was so smart that he was actually given permission to skip school and only show up for exams. Oh my I god! I wish I was that yeah. smart. I know. And Instead, I kept getting letters in the mail. Your daughter Jennifer's failing. I failed Jim. Don't worry. <laughs> you would. I did totally. I did okay. I was like a B student. Um, but on his free time, he would walk around the city of Toronto, and that's when he got exposure to his very first magic show. He saw a magician named Harry Blackstone, and he was just so enthralled by the concept, um, especially of the levitating woman trick. Okay. Kind of like the sitting on the ground we were talking about yes. before. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So he was like so fascinated Isn't the by all this. the levitating woman? I'm sorry, the one with the hula hoop, right? Where you like yes, you're levitating and oh. you put the hula hoop through her to like I, to prove that there's nothing. I didn't even know that. Lifting her up. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um. So you know, as he got older, he decided to drop out of school and really follow his dream. And doing that, he joined a carnival. And he became a magician under the stage name, The Amazing Randy. Okay. So, so that's how he so got his... simple. Yeah. I know. That's how he got his start. Yes. Okay. All right. So he practiced as a mentalist in local nightclubs. And he also wrote for Montreal's tabloid press. And then as... This is so funny. When he was a teenager, he stumbled upon a church where the pastor claimed to read minds. So, cool. yeah. So what he did is he reenacted the trick in front of all the parishioners the same exact way that the pastor was doing this. Mm -hmm. And he, like, nailed it. It became such a, a public spectacle that the pastor's wife called the police on him where he had to spend several hours in jail. 
Oh. When this happened, something clicked in him and he was like, fuck this. This is a problem. If they call the police on me because I called them out on their trickery, I'm going to switch my career and become a skeptic. I love it. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So before he became a skeptic, he had some milestones in his career as a magician. As a magician, his goal was to really outdo Harry Houdini. And goddamn Houdini, motherfucker. And he became a well-received escapologist and appeared on national TV in the 1950s onward doing things like being sealed in a metal coffin in a hotel swimming pool for 104 minutes. No, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. I'm so claustrophobic. No, thank you. We're not kink shaming. Some people might. Okay. Yes, but I'm just no thank you. I I will personally pass on that. There was a movie with Ryan Reynolds that Mark and I watched years ago. And what was it called? I think it's called Buried. Yeah. Yeah. And it was about him being buried alive in a coffin. It was very anxiety inducing. I don't like that shit. No. But continue. Well, yeah. Well, in doing this coffin trick, he beat Harry Houdini's record. So Harry what Houdini, was Houdini's record? 93 minutes. And how long did he do it in? 104 minutes. Wow. wow. And can you imagine in Harry Houdini's time, like, no texting? What are you doing? It's so boring. James Randi also appeared as a magician on a TV kids show called Wonderama, which I've never heard of. Oh. Me neither. Sounds when, like an after school special. So when was Wonderama on? I think it was like the 50s to 60s. Wow. But this is really cool. This is what makes him rock and roll. In 1973, he partnered up with Alice Cooper. School's out for uh, summer. Da-da. No, it's funny. That song was playing at the liquor store. (laughs) 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 So when he went on tour with uh, Alice Cooper and James thought that Alice Cooper was supposed to be a woman because of the name. I think the first time I ever heard of Alice Cooper, I thought Alice Cooper was a woman too. So, well, what he did with Alice Cooper is um, during this tour, it was for the billion dollar babies tour. Um, and I think that was like 1973. James Randi did this whole scene of decapitating um, Alice Cooper. And I'm sure, uh, he was, I'm sure Alice Cooper was on all on board for Oh, it. sure. I mean, I think he continued to do that act on for the rest of his. Oh, cool. Yeah, because I've seen Alice Cooper once. And he did it? Yeah. That's really cool. And then another milestone of James is that in the 70s, he was suspended over Niagara Falls and he was wearing a straight jacket and he had to do like this upside down escape over the falls. See, I never realized that James Randi did all of these uh, magician acts. Like I thought he like I know him more as like a debunker. Right. So that's interesting. So I would say it's safe to say like the first half of his life and career was like the magic and the escape artistry mm-hmm. where like the second half was more being like a public figure who was doing like these like investigations yeah. and debunking. Okay. This is where it gets interesting. So in his life, he really came after and interacted some very interesting characters. And I think that you could literally make a podcast episode with every interaction that he had Uh, And, like, all the different characters. mm -hmm. 
So one of the people that he came after and debunked was this man who claimed to be a psychic and a mysticist, and his name was Yuri Geller. Yes. Um, the spoon bender. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. The spoon bender. So if anyone like listening doesn't know who Yuri Geller is, um, Yuri Geller is a self-proclaimed psychic. He is a TV personality, because they all are. Phony baloney. And, but he prefers to be called a mystic rather than a psychic. Um, but in my words, I would just simply call him a bullshit artist. Yeah. yeah. A phony, a charlatan full of baloney. Yeah. His claim to fame was in the 1970s. He developed his like trademark signature on television with alleged psychokinesis where he became known for bending spoons with his mind. He could also make watches stop and he could allegedly describe hidden drawings. What's a hidden drawing? Yeah. Like it would be if you and I sat in a room across from each other and I drew something without showing you and you would guess what it is. Oh, okay. So Mm. like you'd be drawing like an elephant and I'd be like, it's an elephant. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And he discovered this, you know, skill, and I'm doing this in air quotes, Mm -hmm. this skill, when he was 11 years old and eating soup. Oh, was it something with the alphabet soup? I don't think they, so. They, like, pay homage to that in The Matrix. Really? Because yeah. it sounds familiar. There's, like, the little kid. You've seen The Matrix, right? Yeah. There's the scene where, like, Neo goes into the waiting room to meet the Oracle, and there's this little girl that's, like, mind-bending. Like, she's bending the spoon with her mind. Oh. And something also in that scene happens with alphabet soup. I'm just making the connection. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, yeah, it's the first Matrix. How interesting. I did not remember that. She's but like, bend the spoon. Use your mind. <laughs> bend the spoon. Bend the spoon, you little twit. I haven't seen that movie since, like, I was in grade school. That's when, yeah. whenever I think of spoon bending, I think of that scene in The Matrix. Yeah, well, James released a book about him called The Truth About Yuri Geller. That's a ballsy move. Ooh. It is. That's why James is, like, pretty badass, because wow. he just, he didn't give a fuck, you know? I mean, to, by today's standards, that just has lawsuit written all yeah. over it. Oh, yeah. Um, but it was a tell-all. But James offered, this is the best part, James offered to give Yuri a withdrawal from his claims of psychic powers if he complied. James said that if he were to just come out and say, you know what, I don't, I'm not a psychic, I'm just a magician. I'm a goddamn performer. Yeah. Okay, call it a day. So if he agreed to do that, James said that he would set him up with an agent in New York City who would find him paid gigs to do magic shows and performances. So like a David Copperfield jazz. Yes. Like yeah. people go and to Vegas and pay to see you bend okay. spoons. Yeah. Okay. So basically, you know, James was like, okay, like he wasn't really trying to wreck his career because he was just giving him an opportunity at yeah. the same he, time. He was basically being like, hey, stop being a fake bitch and trying to tell people that like you have these otherworldly powers just come out, you're a performer, you're a magician, and, like, just get yourself a show in Vegas. Yeah, like, I would do that. Yeah, I I would, I would take would that too. offer, James Randy, if you were still alive. Hell yeah. 
Well, what I'll en- learn how to bend spoons. What ended up happening is that Yuri declined, of course. Of course he did, like any real charlatan. Yeah. And this is so great. So in 1972, Yuri Geller, he was he was on so many TV shows for doing this trick. So he appears on the Johnny Carson show and Johnny Carson was he thought that he was a fraud. And he wanted to expose him as a fraud, but didn't really know how to. Is, We're man. looking at pictures of Yuri now. Yeah. <laughs> looks like Father Time was not good to him. He looks... Oh. He looks so... I'm sorry, but he, like he looks like he's a closet case. Just I'm sure he is. There. And he's still trying to peddle that fucking bent spoon yeah. jazz business. Yeah. Um, I forgot where, but some country or city made a bent spoon monument as a dedication no. to him. Yeah. It's probably where mm-hmm. he's from, like Kazakhstan or something. Probably. Gary Geller's from Tel Aviv. Okay. All right. So um so Johnny Carson wanted to expose him for being a fraud, but just didn't know how to. Yeah. So in doing that, Johnny had called James Randy and they came up with an idea. So in partnering up with Randy, um, you know, James Randy told Johnny Carson that they should be the ones providing the props for Yuri. Uh So that way, Yuri can't use his own spoons. Hell yeah. He also stated to keep the props far away from Yuri Geller and his team because he didn't have telekinesis. Well, it was all right. Yeah. Do you remember too, like he also got exposed because he was asked to investigate a murder for like oh. some Hungarian model that he said was like going to be found in good health, but she never was and like oh. they believe she was murdered. <sighs> These fucking people, I swear. They do this all the time. They are the worst. So after, you know, he agrees to go on the show and they do not allow his team to manipulate the props for his trick. And this all happened on TV. So during airtime, Yuri was suddenly unable to bend the spoons and unable Mm. to do any of his tricks. His telekinesis was off. Yeah. Because and he was not his at home. mind weakened. It, well, it's funny you said that because he tries chalking it up to, oh, you know, I'm just not feeling strong today. Give me a break yeah. on live television. Uh, yeah. yeah really. And even though, right, though he was exposed as a fraud, it somehow did not stop his career at all. No, of course it didn't. And he still does the same tricks. Of course, because people want to fucking believe so goddamn badly. You know, listen, I'm not going to make this a whole sidebar conversation, but throughout history and time... See, we could do our own podcast on Yuri Geller. Yeah, really. We can make a whole slew of content out of this, but, you know... People are just like that. It doesn't matter. They can be like, oh, well, Johnny Carson's a bad person. And here's nothing wrong with this guy. Well, (laughs) and that is the common response. Of course. That seems to happen every time James proves someone wrong. The followers just like come for him. It's kind of like Trump supporters, right? Well, that's what I was going to compare it to. It's like Donald Trump could, you know, 
be caught red-handed molesting a child and his like the child molested will, him yeah the yeah. supporters will just like defend no, him to it, the, was, the death. it was somebody dressed as donald trump yeah yeah it was his stunt double exactly yeah. well cult mentality is not good anywhere nope no so um another thing that james did this is this is really funny um in 1987, James Randi and his partner, Jose Alvarez, came up with this really great idea, and they created this, like, psychic character who was also a channeler. And What does he, that mean? He could, like, communicate and channel spirits. Oh, okay, like, so a, like, like a, the Long Island medium. Teresa Caputo. Yeah. Yes. It's kind of like that, but, like, when you channel... They go into your body and then you speak as that. Mm. Oh, so it's like when they're like, invoke the spirit of yes. Grandma Esmeralda. Like, like Whoopi Goldberg and Ghost. Exactly. Yes, totally. In that scene where she dances with Demi Moore. Yeah. Because Patrick Swayze goes into her body. Yeah. And okay. like real life Teresa Caputo, if that ever happened to her, she would lose her fucking mind. Probably. You in danger, girl. You in danger, girl. And um, at this time, this whole channeler concept was something that was gaining a lot of popularity around the world and on television. So let's talk about this like experiment that they did together. The project really consisted of Jose taking on a role as this like eccentric channeler called Carlos. Carlos, and simply. They made like fake media kits and fake press releases and sent it to the media. Wow. Um, you know, primarily like, you know, in Australia, you know, in this press release, they said that he could channel a 2000 year old spirit and that he, he had like um, prophecies and they got a lot of media attention, but no one from the media did a background check on them. And if they just did a simple background check on this, they would have been like, oh, this is fake. This isn't but, real. But here's the thing. You know what's so fascinating to me about that is because, yes, I do agree with that in theory. But it's kind of like, you know, these situations you're asking for people to have, like, blind faith, essentially. Because mm -hmm. how can I prove to anybody that, oh, what I think happened to me was a haunting? Or So, like, I do think... You know, if they did a background check, they would have realized, oh, there's nothing on these people. Like, right. they've never done this shit before. But other than that, you kind of just got to roll with it, yeah. I guess. And, well, in doing that, too, you know, Randy's not only showing, like, how these alleged channelers and psychics are doing this, but it also highlights just how shitty the media is and that they really can't be trusted to do their due diligence and research. Yeah. Fake news. Yeah. Fake news. This was pre, pre, pre fake news. Yeah, yeah it was the, ori the original. original. The yeah. original. Yeah. The OG. The OG. Yeah. But it proves fake news. It, it proves like people simply believed this colorful, exaggerated character because he was on TV. Um, so they went on this whole and like entire press tour and it really grabbed like the media's attention fast. And, you know, at the end of the tour, James Randi and his partner, Jose came out and explained that this was all an experiment to prove that you can't trust these alleged psychics. And it's, this is being done to teach you to think with logic and reason and be skeptical but in doing that, 
there was so much backlash that they had to deal with. So with that backlash, they believe that a lot of these followers need to believe in something. Yeah, it's like religion. And James So and, go to church. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So James and his partner were basically labeled as manipulative. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I mean, how cool is that, right? It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. On with the show. But teaching the public a lesson. And I love that so much. Um, but, and, you know, not that they were labeled manipulative, but I love the fact that they were just trying to be helpful, but then seen as bad people. But also, I would, I don't know, I think there are probably people who were following them in their journey as mm-hmm. these fake characters are probably like, they're just making this up. They're real. They're real. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, it's just like, I don't know. Like, I know James Randi claimed that, you know, at this time, people are just not socially or intellectually ready to face facts. And I they prefer. I feel like this was a time, yeah. too, where there was a lot of these types of social experiments happening, not just like with magic. But yeah. The Stanford prison experiment. Yeah. There were a lot of different, like, um,. Let's see what happens here. Let me put a bunch of people in a room and do this. X, Y, Z. Yeah. And, you know, I think the lesson to be learned with that is people just don't want to face facts at all. People do not like the truth. And they will will literally defend false falsities to like the death. Um, Can I just... I just need to go off topic for Mm -hmm. a second and just let you know that there's a Yuri Geller Museum. Where is it? Where is that located? I bet you they have spoon keychains. I want I a spoon so. keychain. <laughs> I would want a spoon keychain if I was going to the Yuri Geller Museum. And yeah, you gotta get something, right? Yeah. Yuri Geller. So, <laughs> it's in Tel Aviv. And it's apparently open 24 hours a day. Oh. And it's located in one of the most ancient buildings. Oh. Outside the museum oh. stands an 11-ton bent spoon. Oh, an 11-ton? That's measuring spoon. over 16 meters long. Oh, my God. Recently certified by Guinness World Records as the largest spoon in the world. <laughs> That's the thing I was telling oh you about. Oh, my God. No. TripAdvisor gives it four and a half stars. Well, I'm no. sure it's cool, but... Listen, also a I want to see the. Yeah, but I mean, you can go to any part of the desert and oh, find. Oh, apparently like, he um, goes there, and you can speak with him as well. Oh, oh. I. <laughs> I go there and. It was a great experience to visit Yuri Geller Museum. I was so excited to see all his collection and see him and speak with him. He is a great person. That sounds fake. Mm, no, he probably wrote so, it himself. Yeah. Well. I am sorry to go off topic about Yuri Geller, but it's just okay. too he's funny. A, he's it's... a fucking stud muffin. <laughs> no, I'm glad because and now we know the that there's, a real, there's yeah. a real spoon monument. Yeah. And also you can get pants with his face at the crotch. Really? I love yes. it. 
I want to hear about the faith healer. Oh my god, I need some faith healing. I want to hear about Peter Popoff. Oh, fucking Peter. All right, so after James did this whole fiasco with the fake psychic character, you know, he went after, and this is like my favorite, favorite, favorite. He goes after the faith healer, Peter Popoff. And yeah. I mean, these faith healers are the biggest asshole liars. Oh, they're terrible. People die artists. all the time because of people yeah. like that. The videos are very entertaining, though. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I want to go to one of those and just start acting possessed so I can, like, get airtime. Well, what about the guy? I'm sure many of our listeners have seen the guy who's like, oral sex, demon, God, And she's like, oh, he put it in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love a faith healer. Well, this faith healer, Peter Popoff, a little background about him. Unfortunately, he's a cancer sign like me. He was born July 2nd, 1946. And Mm. Peter Popoff was a German-born American televangelist and a debunked clairvoyant (laughs) faith healer. Oh, debunked is attached to his name now? Yeah, you could thank Wikipedia for that. They should have that on, like, people's tombstones. (laughs) Debunked. Debunked. Good good father, debunked. Debunked. (laughs) Loving parent, debunked. debunked, The Yuri Geller debunked museum. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, I wish, if only. This uh, popped-off character, Peter. I'll get it. Peter Peter Popoff. Oh, yeah. So he came from a religious family. And his father, too, was a preacher. Oh, of course. So the apple doesn't fall far from the preaching tree. Garden of Eden. But those evangelicals are out there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, listen, look at at Jim Baker, poor late Tammy Faye's husband. Mm -hmm. That piece of shit went to jail for like a decent amount of time. And then he came out and they put him right back on TV and he's selling end of days freeze-dried mm. bullshit food yeah. today so you know aren't the evangelical ones like if you they like believe in like self-inflicting like themselves with probably pain, if they sin as i put in air quotes yeah. yeah i mean and really they should just embrace their sexual fetishes and not make it like a religious thing yeah have fun with it yeah. well i remember one time these like preachery people like that they went up to me and they gave me a pamphlet and it was like, have you accepted Christ or whatever? And I took it and I ripped it up and threw Good. it in the air and kept walking. Like Mary Tyler Moore. So, um, yeah, so basically this dude, um, his father was a preacher and he started to follow in his father's footsteps, preaching at an early age. The power of Christ compels you. Yeah. <laughs> and at an early age, he was called the Miracle Boy Evangelist. And he could allegedly heal the sick and foresee the future. That's just like the wish version of the miracle worker who was Anne Mm -hmm. Sullivan. Mm -hmm. Well, unfortunately, by the 1980s, he was broadcasted internationally where he would be seen, quote unquote, curing the ill during his preachings. Now, often when people um, thought they were being cured, they would... (laughs) throw their much-needed prescription pills across the stage or their wheelchair or their canes. And people that allegedly could not walk that, walk. Were, yeah, that were wheelchair-bound 
could now walk all of a sudden, even though it was concluded that these people were all in on it and they weren't disabled in the first place. Yeah, and these things were repeated so much over time. Like, I remember reading something about Jim Jones, BG, before Guyana, um, when, he, <laughs> <laughs> when he had the People's Temple, he would have implants, like, in the audience mm. of the crowd, and he would heal people of cancer, and basically this decoy would like go into the bathroom during him breaching. And of course he knew the person was like leaving and they would come back with like chicken liver and shit that was like hidden under their outfit. And he Give would, me a break. I know he would pull it out of them and, and, <laughs> and then they'd be cured. And I mean, the unfortunate little, um, and then I'll end it real quick story with that was that in one instance, I believe it was Jim Jones when parents who had a sick child who believed in him and, the kid was dying of cancer and he was like your child is healed now and he came back and the parents came back and they called him out in front of everybody mm -hmm. and they're like you're a fucking liar you're full of shit you said he was okay we believed you he oh died and like i mean there's an instance of people where i mean truly learning the hard way yeah however that didn't stop other people to kind of like full circle what you're talking about mm -hmm. from believing still right yeah, and that became, I feel like with these faith healers, it kind of becomes a problem because people think they're cured and they stop taking care of their yeah. ailments and, and it gets worse. And that brings us back to fucking mental health like yeah. we talk about in every fucking episode. Yeah. And Scientology, where mental health is ignored, explicitly ignored. Prescription mm -hmm. medication yeah. is frowned down upon. Yep, exactly. It all comes together. It's fucked up. Well, it is a business, <laughs> and in 1985, Popoff began soliciting donations for a program, get this, ready? So there was this alleged program that provided Bibles to citizens of the Soviet Union by attaching them to helium-filled balloons and then floating them into the country where they would gradually fall. So this would be happening from the United States, and he would be sending these by yeah, balloon how, across the Atlantic so. Ocean Maybe. into the Soviet Union. Possibly. Maybe. I don't think it would make it like even a mile over the Atlantic Ocean. Well, maybe that's how we should promote the podcast. Oh, I think that's brilliant. By balloons. Right? Listen, Bibles. I'm, I'm open to it. I'm ready to get all William Castle with it, bitch. Let's well, do this thing. <laughs> so when this happened, certain skeptics were like, okay prove to us that the money you collected had actually been spent on Bibles and balloons. <laughs> so when he was presented with this, Popoff staged a burglary in his own headquarters and was like, oh, we were robbed. Oh, and poor thing. on a subsequent broadcast, he was like tearfully begging for additional donations. To oh, this help, motherfucker. Yeah. To help repair the damage that was done. Are you? F he robbed himself to protect his fake identity. Mm -hmm. And then he asked for more money. And I'm sure, let me guess, these assholes filled his pockets again. Yeah. Oh, of course. So figure. Mm. And God. like another thing, too, to go back to the faith healing is that a lot of times, like, there might be someone in the audience that, you know, 
has a sprained ankle or like Jen and I or like two thirds of this production like you know a bad headache or, or God knows what and what will happen is is that he'll do his performance or prayer on you and you kind of get so excited that you get this like it's element like, of euphoria. It's like adrenaline rush. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, and it's I a placebo could, effect. Yeah. I can go and tell you, like, I'm a yoga instructor and I'm oh. also like Reiki level one certified. Oh. I don't and, really practice it, but like. We're going to talk and come up with a plan for you, Miss <laughs> oh, Geller. Oh my goodness. No, but like. <laughs> It's always whenever somebody comes to us, like especially with like any sort of physical ailment, we always say you need to also like consult with your, you know, primary doctor, Mm -hmm. you know, like and that's what I say all the time. Like if you're somebody that has cancer, like you're not going to be healed through Reiki. Like you need to go to your doctor appointments. Maybe it might ease the pain you know but it's not going to be the end all to your cancer yeah and that's a very responsible stance yeah that is like hey listen like this could do something for you emotionally but please we urge you oh. to not give up your cancer treatments like the amount of like hello the amount of yoga students that are like i have like a bunion on my phone i'm like well you should go talk to your doctor yeah. about that like They're i don't co- know anything about fucking bunions on your foot yeah exactly like what do you expect me to do like yeah <sighs> You're, we're supposed to help kind of alleviate the pain but it's not like we're curing yeah yeah we're not the end all to your fucking chronic pain and disease and illnesses well you know what you should do next time go into like a room that nobody can see you and bring out like some organ meat from acme and I'll be like, I cured your a Ben spoon too. Yeah. <laughs> we should stage a video. Oh, I, Jennifer Geller. Jennifer was, Geller. Well, funny, I love it. James Randi also debunked that too. So there was like these people that could like put their fist inside of you and like pull out your intestines. That's what Ew. Jim. No, that's what Jim Jones did essentially and with this so fake, this decoy. My question is, how did he debunk Peter Popoff? Yeah. Right. So now it's the 1980s and. You know, one of Peter's tricks, and this is where, like, this is what got James's attention. So Peter would announce people's home addresses in these, like, arenas that were just packed with these, like, brainwashed idiot believers. And he would bring up their address and then the illness that they were experiencing Mm. during his sermons. So Popoff's methods were definitely exposed in 1986 by the magician and skeptic James Randi and his associate Stephen Shaw, who was a professional illusionist known as Banachek. Banachek? I'll take your word for it. I'll take, yeah. And also they had the help of investigating Popoff with a like technical crime scene analyst and electronics expert whose name was Alexander Jason. So what they did is they took these computerized radio scanners, which kind of like recorded different frequencies going on in in these like faith healing situations in the arenas. And what was happening was, is that Peter Popoff's wife was speaking to him. Oh, an earpiece. With right? an earpiece. Oh, and they thought it was funny because James and his team saw that this, you know, preacher had an earpiece and he was a faith healer and he was like, he can heal all these people. 
why yeah. <laughs> why can't he like heal his deaf ear? Yeah. So she would be feeding her husband information via radio and in the beginning of all of these like prayer things people would write a prayer card with their address on it and a prayer oh these fucking so it would be like you know jesus please heal my liver cancer i live at you know one two three sunset road whatever so during the ceremony or the the preaching crap or whatever you call it he would be like I see one, two, three, Sunset Street. Oh, uh, someone's got liver cancer. Step on down. And then the person is like, that's me. And it's like a Price uh, is Right moment. Um, except so, there's no car. Yeah, there's no. Or there's, like luxury or, vacation. No, no organ. Yeah. No baker's rack. So that's that's how it was done. That it was, makes me sad. Yeah. it was, And it was really fucked up, too, because they also heard them um making fun of the people in the the audience or in these oh. churches and like using like, racial slurs yeah too, right? you know saying wow. things about like get the person and word you know yeah um so they would make fun of you know black people and also uh, there was like someone that had like testicular cancer that was like an advanced form and they were making fun of him so <sighs> lo and behold like the jig was up, like they got busted and it was all just a big scam. So after they conduct a research, they put together their evidence. These fucking Let me people. Guess, he goes back, they go back to John, Johnny Carson. Well, <laughs> <laughs> he goes, yeah, I feel like Johnny Carson like is like spilling the tea. Johnny Carson mm. is. I feel like everyone gets fucking outed on Johnny Carson. I love it. Good. So All right, they, Johnny. So James appears on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson of May yeah. of 1986 with this proof and findings exposing that Peter Popoff is a scumbag. Yeah, he's a fucking shit turd stain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on the pants of the world. And Peter's argument, right, was that James and his research were nothing more than the devil using the debunkers as tools of evil to break people's belief Give in God. Give me a fucking <sighs> break. Yeah. My God. And you know what? It's really a shame because these fucking shit stains, okay? Now, I feel bad for the people who unfortunately had to maybe lose their lives when they could have lived as a result of following these fucking maniacs from hell. Um, but however, I do think like I, I, I teeter top because I don't have as much sympathy because it's like even this guy can go on and if you start having doubt in these people who you've been following... He goes on and he's like, oh, no, they're bad. Evil doers. And then everybody's like, oh, we like you again. Well, yeah. So after this happened, Peter, you know, he kind of like disappeared from the public for a while. He lost a lot of followers. He eventually declared bankruptcy. But then in the late 90s. He had a comeback, performing the same quote-unquote healing tactics now, but only his new jig is that he's targeting a black demographic. Give me a break. And, yeah. well, and I'm not surprised. But then yeah, exactly. he bought time on the BET network. <sighs> and this is where I have to step in and say, like, okay, if it's been known that he was using, like, the N-word and they were making fun of people of color, why is BET allowing him a platform on their TV? I get it, like, a paycheck's a paycheck, you know, but know. it's... 
that's fucked up. Well, and that's the thing, because at the end of the day, like, it doesn't matter what your industry Mm -hmm. is or, you know, like BET is supposed to be a network that is geared towards, you know, like their demographic, I suppose you could say is the best way of putting it. Right. It's like we're making television of like relatable content to people who are in our community. So one would think like, Oh no, we're not going to fucking sell time to this piece of shit. Who's a fucking phony asshole. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who you're catering to as an audience. It's like money is money. And if you can afford to pay it, like no one has any kind of morals is what I'm getting at. No, they it does don't. does not fucking well, matter. he also made this bullshit Miracle Spring Water, which he sold on television. And till this day, he is a millionaire because he is tax exempt because... Why? He, he's church folk. So because his work is done in church, uh-huh. I guess. You know how the church is like tax yeah. exempt? He's tax exempt and he drives a Porsche and a Mercedes Benz. Yeah. And you're going to tell me the government can't tax the fucking churches? Oh, fucking listen, okay? It was such a big deal when the Church of Scientology, which fuck the Church of Scientology, I don't give a fuck. Anyway, but they have tax-exempt status, and it was such a big hoopla when they got it. And guess what? You know, they had plenty of money beforehand, and now they have even, even more. more. But I hate there's like that footage of them announcing in an arena. Oh, yeah. That they're tax exempt and everyone's yeah. cheering. And I'm like, why the fuck are you cheering? How does that impact your everyday life? I know. It's like people at a sports thing. Like people I go know. ape shit well, over fucking sports. Because, you know, these people who have this blind faith and who are like just blindly following to them, it's like, oh my God, finally, my religion. The thing that I believe in, we're free now. And they think that it's something that matters to their lives or to like their belief system, well, I, which is just fucked up. I but. hope that like atheists can be tax exempt for yeah. certain things. Get real. Well, aside from like the tax thing, this is one more fun thing about James Randi, which I really like. Because we're talking about money now. Yeah. So he created this thing. It's called the $1 million Paranormal Challenge. Um, when it first started, it wasn't. It originally was like $1,000. But the $1 million Paranormal Challenge was offered by the James Randi Educational Foundation to pay out $1 million U.S. million to anyone who could demonstrate a supernatural or a paranormal ability under agreed upon scientific testing criteria. So basically, like, if you wanted to come out and say, hey, I'm a psychic. Like, you got to fucking prove it with right, valid forms. prove it with science. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there he went go. on, like, he had a TV show too, right? Yeah. So in 1989, he appeared on live TV for two hours. And I don't know, I think it was, like, in England, so it could have been, like, BBC or something, but basically he appeared on TV. If the person could prove on TV that they genuinely had these extraordinary abilities, they would win $100,000 after going through a series of their tests. Jen, get your spoons ready. Uh, <laughs> Jennifer Geller. Jennifer come Geller, coming your way. We're gonna, mm, you just mm-hmm. wait, everyone. Did uh, anybody win $100,000 though? Nope. Oh. No one, let me say this. So no one ever won this at all. Not mm-hmm. a single person. So no one won a dime. No one won mm. a dime. And it got to the point where it was 
so many people started to chip in and, and bring in more money. So then um, it became the $1 million foundation prize situation, but no one won it. So they had to cancel it because James was like, we're sitting on a million dollars. Let's put it towards something. So better. now my question is, and I don't know if you have the answer to this or not, but James Randi passed not too long ago. Like this yeah. past year. Yeah. Now, is his foundation being continued on by family or friends or like, does this still, is anyone carrying the I think, legacy torch? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I would be interested to know though. Yeah. I, yeah. I honestly. Yeah. Jen's going to find out. I don't us. know. I, I guess it's a real thing. It's still going. Um, they make grants. So the foundation still exists. Yeah, they're grant making. Okay, cool. They That's don't, all I want to know. Um, they do not accept applications or recommendations. They are a private non-operating foundation, not a public charity, and any donations may not be deductible. Mm -hmm. Make your own determination if you must make a donation. <laughs> if you must. <laughs> you must. <laughs> so on this TV show situation... You know, they had someone that was an astrologer. So they had an astrologer. They had like they had an astrologer that claimed that he was able to ascertain a person's astrological sign after speaking with them for just a few minutes. So he was presented with twelve people, one for each sign of the zodiac. With this guy, he met with the twelve different people, and he guessed all twelve of their signs. Okay. And do you know how many he got right? How many? 12. 12? Well, if he got 12, he would have won. He got 11. No, he got zero. <laughs> oh. So Whoa. this, like, astrologer just, like, fell flat on his face on this thing, did not win. And then they had someone else that was a dowser. I don't know what a dowser is, but... Their name was Forest Babes, and they claimed they, that... They, like, they're able to, like, locate, like, groundwater. Oh. Like, they're the types that, like, they go... You know, like, you've seen the people with, like, the like the little twig Vs that they go, like, yeah. looking for, like, oil and yeah. water. That's a dowser. Oh. oh. So... Thank you. Thank you. So they <laughs> had they had a dowser, and he claimed he could he could detect water um, in a bottle inside a sealed cardboard box. So very he specific. was very specific. So he was shown 20 boxes and asked to indicate which of these 20 boxes contained a water bottle. He selected eight of the boxes. He said that all eight of them contained water, but it turned out that only five of the 20 boxes contained water. And out of the eight selected boxes, only one of them had water in it. Mm. So, I mean, you know, it's just a mathematical thing. He was probably bound to get at least one. Yeah. So, so no one ever won money from this. No one won anything. And just for the remainder of James's life, he did a lot of public appearances. You know, there's even a fantastic documentary about him called An Honest Liar. 
And, you know, he even went after Sylvia Brown. Good. And she agreed to participate in one of his tests. And then last minute, she, like, backed out. Of course. She was too busy buying brown lipstick. Yeah. So what's interesting is that, you know, in 2010, at the age of 82, James Randy did come out publicly as gay, which we talked about earlier in our episode. And he claimed that it would not be much of a shock for most people, but maybe a shock to a few. <laughs> and for him, he says that he never really felt the need to cover, cover it up. It just wasn't important to his identity. Well, and I love that. I love hearing that because, you know, it's kind of like I can equate things like that with politics, you know where like people i'm a republican exactly i'm a democrat exactly you yeah. know it's like that doesn't define who you are as a person exactly and it doesn't mean that like oh well i want to be a proud person you can be proud of being a woman being of color being anything on the spectrum of people it doesn't matter like but you know for some people they don't find it necessary to like put a designation they're doing what they're passionate about what they have an interest in you know one of our favorite film directors john waters is the same way he was mm-hmm. like i never needed to come out he was like it was never a thought of I mine to do that oh that's a good one that's a really good one hairspray pink flamingos mm-hmm. female trouble i love pink flamingos uh, i am so good But, you know, there are a lot of people like that where he was like, yeah, I never really, it was not something that came to me that like a necessity and, you know, find hobbies, people. Well, what I enjoy is (laughs) that like he, he attacked, you know, these faith healers, bullshit artists, bullshit artists. And it wasn't like a, a gay thing, you know, it just, he he was what he was yeah. and you know i think for him it was important his mission was so important that like him being gay was really just not that important to him yeah and you know i i i really like the fact that someone that stood up to these people happened to be part of the lgbt that's amazing. Yeah. community and i think it's it's done tastefully yeah <laughs> always yeah and um yeah so basically unfortunately he did pass away uh last year in 2020 just from age-related issues he was and, like in his 90s right yeah he was he was up there and you know he left his partner jose behind and in the documentary you see them they have like a civil union marriage ceremony yeah that was really nice and it was like a ceremony like celebrating their commitment with each other and yeah so that's the story of james randy and my favorite quote of his is he says no amount of belief makes something a fact and I love that because you I could have that's, great. that's really deep millions yeah. of people believing in something but that does not mean that it's actually factual yeah, yeah it's very true and um, you know people people tend to think the opposite of that for some reason yeah I don't know so that's the that's a great story that's the story of the amazing James Randy he's one of my idols. Oh, I love it. Me too. He was cool. That was really great. Yeah. Uh, well. It's the witching hour. It's the witching hour, kids. 
That means we're in your bedroom with you. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> we might well, be. You're listening to us wherever you are. If you're thinking about giving money to faith healers, please give your money to our Patreon page. Yes, which is patreon.com slash bizarre buffet. Trust me. I have many jobs just like all of us sitting here and like it's a lot of work people yeah. love us and, and give us a like on Instagram us, yes. Bizarre Buffet. Yes. Yeah. and please make sure to, to, to subscribe on your preferred streaming platform because believe it or not clicking that little button if you click that button today I can promise you that your <laughs> subscription means the world to us and it makes a difference it does yeah so Subscribe on Instagram. You can find us. You can stalk us and see how cute we all are. Oh, baby. Well, with that being said, I'm Yuri Geller. (laughs) And I'm your spoon. I'm the bent spoon. And I'm one of the wheelchairs that got thrown off the stage during the faith <laughs> healing ceremony. Oh, oh, it's a unity. Bye, everyone. Bye, Bye children. Bend some spoons. <laughs> oh.